Welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I'm your host and relationship coach, Lily Matongwiza. Hello, my friend. I am so excited to welcome you to today's episode because I think talking about that feeling of unworthiness is really important. So often there are these thoughts that kind of get stuck in our heads and they can live there just under the surface of everything else we're doing, making us feel absolutely terrible and stopping us from pursuing our God-given desires, especially when it comes to a God-given desire for love. So in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the questions that your mind will ask you over and over and over again. Questions like, who am I to deserve love? Or who would want to be with somebody like me? And what kind of man would want to spend his life with me? These are questions that we ask ourselves and never get around to actually answering. And we do kind of answer them, but in this really negative way, in this unintentional way, without any kind of thought, we just let fear answer for us with answers like, nobody, nobody would want to be with someone like me, or only a crazy man would want to be with someone like me. How do I know? Because I've had these thoughts. I've had them and every woman I know, whether she's single or married, has had these kinds of thoughts. And let me let you in on a little secret. These thoughts do not go away once you get married. No, my friend, they will morph into something new and equally damaging. Thoughts like, why would he stay with me? Eventually, he's going to realize that I'm a terrible person and leave. These thoughts, these negative thoughts, love to undermine everything we're doing and really destroy the fabric of what we are trying to create in our lives, which is a Christ-centered marriage. Now, if you are part of the community that is Proverbs 2426, then you know that in this community, we value your journey towards a Christ-centered marriage. As a coach, I believe that, you know, you have been given this God-given desire and rather than surrender it or just give up, as your brain and other people may tell you to do, I believe that it's important for us to honor our God-given desires. Let's take a moment to talk about what's going on with these kinds of thoughts and what we can do about them and why they show up in the first place. So these kinds of sinister thoughts show up when we try to do something new. If you've ever tried to do something new or challenging or difficult, your brain is going to come up with all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't. Your brain wants you to stay within your comfort zone because that's where you, your brain, feels safest. And that's your brain's job. Keep you safe, keep you comfortable, keep you alive. And if you're in your comfort zone, your brain is doing a great job. The problem is most of our God-given desires are achieved outside of our comfort zone. 
And that means we're going to have to push through the comfort zone. And one of the ways I've described this is imagine that you've got this beautiful little comfort zone. It's so nice and it may not be exciting. It may not be very interesting, but you're alive, you're well fed, you've got some entertainment, you've got some, you know, novelty there that you can rely on, whether that's Netflix or a good friend or, you know, the basic things that you are, you have grown accustomed to. They're all in there within your comfort zone. And there's no real reason to leave, except that you want something more. And There's this deep truth within you that says you're capable of having something more. But imagine your comfort zone is kind of surrounded by this ring of fire. And every time you go up against your comfort zone, the edges of it, it's there's a little bit of a burn. Now, this burn won't kill you. It is not a dangerous fire, but it's there and you can pass right through it. But your brain will give you all kinds of warning signals and freak out as you try to make that transition through that edge of your comfort zone. And it'll be like, no, you're going to die. This is a terrible idea. What are you doing? This is crazy. And it'll definitely want to elaborate on those thoughts. And it'll be like, no, who are you to deserve love? What kind of man would want to be with you? Those ugly thoughts will pop up as a means to keep you within the comfort zone where you like to be nice and safe. So if we look at this within the context of the life code, that God-given desire, you have a God-given desire, that is your life, right? So we have L-M-E-A-O, life, mind, emotion, actions, outcome. And life is, you have a God-given desire. And here at the Forever Love Podcast, we like to talk about your God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage. Now, when you think about that God-given desire, what do you think? You may have a lot of really positive thoughts, like, I would love to be in a Christ-centered marriage. I would love to meet a godly man. I would love to be a committed faithful wife. I would love to start a family. I would love all of these things about your God-given desire. And at the same time, you'll also have thoughts of, I don't deserve this. I can't have this. This isn't for me. If this was for me, God would have made it happen already. I should just settle for what I have. This is good enough. I should be happy. Notice that a lot of these thoughts are around should and I can't. What you should do and what you can't do. So this is just what our minds do. Your mind will have lots and lots of thoughts about what you want. And some of them are going to be helpful and some of them are going to pull you back and try to keep you in that comfort zone. Totally normal. Now, what we tend to do is vilify some of our thoughts, especially our really good thoughts, and kind of come into agreement with our doubts. For some reason, we think our doubts are far more realistic, far more um biblical even, that we should just settle. We should just appreciate what we have and not try to have anything more. We should just leave it to God. And these sound like scriptural messages. 
But I want to remind you of the ways in which Satan tempted Christ with what Satan thought Christ should do, which was very biblical. It made perfect sense from a biblical perspective, but it was completely wrong because Christ's God-given desire was to be our Lord and Savior. So if you suspect you have a calling upon your life to be a godly wife, I want you to take that calling seriously. Marriage is a beautiful and wonderful ministry. But in my experience, ministries never come easily. They never come just handed to you. There's always effort and work that has to be put into it. And marriage is certainly no exception. And here is where I want to make a really important distinction because so many of you will look at the women around you, especially women who are living very worldly, secular lives, and you will envy them because marriage and relationship and love seems to come so easily to them. And I want to remind you that you're not just going for any ordinary average marriage. You have a God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage. Not every marriage is a Christ-centered marriage. Not every marriage is intentionally built on a foundation of Christ, but that's what you want. And that is a deep, deep, deep desire. That is many layers down. A lot of women have very happy, successful, surface level marriages or relationships that seem to work perfectly fine. And that is great for them, but you know what you want, and it is going to require a little bit more effort, a little bit more digging, a little bit more maturity, a little bit more growth. So please don't get into the habit of comparing a worldly marriage to a godly marriage. And if you are in that habit, take a step back and really begin to challenge yourself. Do you really want what you see other people having? Are you coveting their marriages, because that's something that really frustrates our efforts when we're coveting what other people have, even though what they have isn't what we actually want. So just be careful to not compare what others have to what your deepest desire is. And that is very hard. It's hard because it would satisfy that immediate need for connection, that immediate desire for someone to just be with in this moment. It would answer that issue of loneliness in the moment, but it would be, again, at that surface level. And I want to encourage you to go for something much, much deeper. So we've talked about what the brain is doing when we have a God-given desire. Lots of thoughts are going to happen. And I would encourage you, this is what I tell all of my students in Ready for the One, I encourage them to start every morning with a brain dump, where you just write down all the thoughts that are chasing around in your brain and get them on paper so you can have a look at them and kind of sort through them and see what your brain is up to. Because far too often, our brain 
is doing what it does completely unsupervised. We forget to check in on what our brain is thinking, and we take for granted that whatever our brain comes up with must be true. And sometimes we don't even recognize that there is a distinction between who we are and what we think. Your brain thinks a lot of things, and that is not who you are. So, Depending on what you're thinking, you're going to have emotions. Our emotions are caused by our thoughts. So when you think something like, who am I to deserve love? What emotion comes up for you? Now, I like to describe the interaction between our thoughts and emotions this way. So our thoughts are like little bells, And each bell plays a different note. And we have thousands of little bells that we can ring at any given time. And every time we hit one of the little bells, we have a specific thought. It creates a specific sound. And those sounds are emotions. So when you hit the bell that says, there's no good men out there, what emotion rings from that thought? So for a lot of women, it's going to be discouraged and hopelessness. Every thought you have is going to create its own emotion. So when your brain is racing and spiraling down this really negative path, you're going to experience a lot of emotions, really rapid fire. And then you feel that feeling of mixed emotions. Sometimes you'll like have several negative thoughts and negative emotions and then one random happier thought that'll create a sense of peace for a moment and then go right back to thinking the negative thoughts. And so that's where we can kind of ping pong all over the place. And this is where I encourage a lot of women to just pause. And this is where we take time to breathe and pause our thoughts, just kind of let them stop ringing. If they're all the little bells, we just want to let those bells stop ringing for a second. Focus on breathing. Focus on coming back to who we are in Christ, finding that place of peace within us, settling into who God has created us to be, and finding those like peaceful thoughts that allow the other noisy bells to just become more still, more silent, and those emotions to calm down. Because when we take action from those scared, negative, um, frustrated emotions, those actions are not going to serve you. For example, when I feel really frustrated and I've got a lot of those emotions playing in my body and they're just kind of all ringing at the same time, one of the things I have a tendency to do is try to like slow down all the noise with food and I get, what I love to do is go find really crunchy ginger cookies. I got to get my ginger cookies and I want to crunch on them. And, you know, that's an easy way to put on weight because there are going to be lots of things in my life that frustrate me. And to be honest, I have. I've had a frustrating last few months and there have been challenges. And when I keep going to those ginger cookies to relieve the frustration, Obviously, I'm going to gain weight. And we do this in so many areas of our lives. 
We find something to soothe ourselves, to kind of numb those negative emotions and to get our mind off something. Sometimes we'll turn to Netflix or social media and we'll find ourselves two hours later after scrolling through the Instagram reels for the last two hours and be like, oh, what happened to the last two hours? I kind of got lost down that rabbit hole and now I know all the new dances and I've seen all the dogs doing their happy dance and we waste our time that way because we don't want to be in those uncomfortable emotions. Now, a lot of us are afraid of making emotional decisions, which is ironic because it's impossible not to make an emotional decision. Every single action that you will ever take will be fueled by an emotion. You can't avoid making emotional decisions, but what you can do is become more aware of which emotions are fueling your decisions. Now, I highly recommend that you actively cultivate the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, because these emotions will fuel actions that serve you and bring glory and honor to God. Whereas doubt, fear, frustration, anger, envy will not help you on your path towards a Christ-centered marriage or any other God-given desire. They usually result in us indulging in temptation or acting out in a way that compromises our integrity and isn't in alignment with who we are in Christ. So the combination of what you think, how you feel, and the way you behave create the results or the outcome in your life. This is where you get your harvest from. So if you sow good seeds, in other words, good thoughts, you will reap a good harvest because those seeds will be fueled and grown through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then you will take action that is a good work and you will cultivate and grow and harvest results in your life that are for your good and bring glory to God. Now, if you want to overcome feelings of unworthiness, your first job is to become aware of the thoughts that are creating that emotion for you. And please don't be afraid of these thoughts. They have no power over you unless you allow them to. They're just thoughts. Thoughts are okay. Thoughts are natural. We all have them. But it's important to become aware of them so that we can begin to train our mind to recognize that those aren't actually true. They're just thoughts. We don't have to believe them. So I want to encourage you to get a piece of paper out and write down all the things, all the thoughts that make you feel unworthy. Then once you have them on a piece of paper, you can begin to challenge them. One of my clients likes to say that if I had a superpower, it would be to zap lies because when she's sharing these thoughts with me, one of the things I love to do is just poke holes in them. And we tend to laugh a lot because when you start to expose lies for what they are, they look really ridiculous. And that gives you the freedom to just laugh 
It's silly, some of the things we believe, and we don't have to take them so seriously because that seriousness is heavy. For example, it's absurd to think that there are no good men left, that if you were the very last woman on earth and you were tasked with finding one decent, equally yoked and godly man, it's silly to think that this is impossible, that no matter what, you couldn't find one, that there isn't one guy who would be a good partner for you. The fact of the matter is that it's not life or death, and so we'd rather stay in our comfort zone than step out into the big wide world and find an equally yoked partner. Most of us, you know, we want God to deliver him. We want to find him within our comfort zone. But if you've had a look around and you don't see him in there yet, you're going to have to step outside of that comfort zone. And you're, it's going to take time and effort. But over time, you can begin to make your comfort zone a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you'll also be less afraid the more experience and practice you have pushing through the comfort zone. Eventually, you'll teach yourself that that ring of fire we talked about in the beginning isn't going to hurt you. That's why as a coach, I'm able to push people outside their comfort zone because I know that it's not going to hurt you, but you don't know that yet. You don't have that level of confidence from based on experience yet. You're kind of borrowing my confidence because I know you're going to be okay. And in the beginning, that is the way it is. We borrow confidence from others and we rely on courage. But as you experience more and more growth in your comfort zone, you will be relying less on courage and more on your past because you know you're going to be okay. And I want to encourage you, if you have experiences from your past that have already shown you that you can step outside of your comfort zone, and it doesn't have to be in the same arena as relationship. Sometimes we can borrow confidence from other experiences in our lives, like successfully navigating a career or finishing a degree or doing something crazy and adventurous in our lives. We can borrow that confidence and say, look, I was able to step outside of my comfort zone in this area. I bet I can do it again in that area of my life as well. So I want to leave you with this. Challenge your doubts. Poke holes in them. Make fun of them. Let yourself laugh at the silly things you've believed about yourself and about other people. Create a little bit more space in your mind and heart for laughter and joy and love and peace. Allow yourself to be honest about what your God-given desires are and commit to following them. Commit to taking the adventurous journey that is laid before you. And when your brain offers that it's hard, it's okay to agree with it. Yes, this is hard, but you can do hard things, my friend. You are strong and you are capable and you are wise. Tell yourself the truth about who you are and what you're capable of. And remember, the truth will set you free.
Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Forever Love Podcast. I have a God-given desire to grow this podcast to over 5,000 listeners by the end of the year, and I need your help. If you appreciate my work, would you take two minutes to share this podcast with two more single women? I know that the journey towards marriage can feel lonely sometimes. That's why I'm so dedicated to building a community of women who are not afraid to honor their God-given desire for marriage, to encourage one another, and really be friends and allies along the way. If you value my support and insight, please take two minutes to share the podcast with just two other women because I believe your marriage matters and I do not want you to be on this journey alone. I want you to be surrounded by friends and familiar faces who encourage and inspire you and pray for you every step of the way. Thank you once again for all of your love and support. Until next week, God bless you.